Welcome to Secrets from the Saddle podcast. I'm Sylvie Daou, your host, fellow cyclist, bike club founder, cycling coach, bike race junkie, just truly super passionate about cycling. My journey with cycling started 20 years ago when I opened a spin studio, started a women's race team, and founded a women's only cycling club called Cycle Fit Chicks. I'm super thrilled to reveal all aspects that make the world of cycling operate. I'm so excited to be able to bring you interesting people from around the world, pro cyclists, recreational cyclists, coaches, event organizers, bike shop owners, everything and everyone you need to know or ever wondered about when it comes to cycling. I know you'll enjoy this episode. All right, friends, you know what time of the year it is? It's when us who are in the Northern Hemisphere start migrating inside to train. What does that mean for everybody? Well, I hope you have a plan. And if you don't have a plan, this might be the program for you. I have four different options of winter indoor winter cycling training programs. One is a full Monty three days a week Zoom cycling skills development program, Tuesday night intervals, Saturday morning group rides. It's amazing. I did it last year. We had so much fun and so much progress. Number two is a 16-week Thursday night. You join us for cycling skills and development only, and then you've got the rest of the time to do use those skills on Swift or outside. The third one is a 16-week self-directed. It's basically that you get a workout once a week, you get a video to match, and it's very it's focused on skills and development that a lot of cyclists need when they start migrating inside. If you've ever wondered how to get faster on your hills, it's all about skills. If you've ever wondered how you can improve your pedal stroke, it's all about skills. If you've ever wondered how to get faster in speed and working on strength and development, it's all about skills and it's all about getting in the gym. So I would encourage you to take a look at my programs. It's cyclingskillspro.com. That's cyclingskillspro.com. And our fourth one is one-on-one coaching at a monthly rate. So depending on where you are, I feel that one of these programs is amazing for anyone to get out there, depending on if you're self-motivated or if you need accountability, these programs are amazing. So cyclingskillspro.com. I'll see you online. All right, everyone, we've got a really cool episode for you today with Gabriella Cybak, and she is from Chesco, a unilingual company, which helps multilingual events bring diverse communities together. So we're going to be chatting about how her services, the company services, which have been around for about 19 years, can help build more um, culturally diverse event cycling events. So if you're an event organizer who already has something going on, or maybe you're looking to create an event, how can you partner with different communities in your town or uh, provide 
multilingual information so that you can um, bring more communities together. So super excited and I hope you enjoy this episode. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Seekers from the Saddle All Things Cycling Podcast with your host, Sylvie Dau. And we have Gabriella Seaback, who reached out to me with regards to sharing how the company that she works for, so Chesco, uh, uh, right? Yes, Chesco Linguistics Services. So uh, Gabriella is going to talk a little bit about the company, but most importantly, why we brought her out is that their company can help um, cycling organizations, communities, um, groups uh, create really amazing cycling events and help facilitate that on a huge or larger scale as well as festivals. And that's where I was like, oh, that's something really cool that I know from speaking to a lot of event organizers and also creating, um, looking at creating a festival myself, thought that this would be super interesting. So I hope you guys are going to enjoy this. Welcome, Gabriella, to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Sylvie. All right. Well, I know, are you a cyclist? Ooh, I dabble in cycling, mostly stationary, um, but I do some of the community group rides um, that they're called with pit stops at not so healthy um, venues, ah! um, but not at the professional level. Oh, hey, we're not here at the professional level, but I'm exci- excited to hear that you are a cyclist of a recreational level because that's where we all start. So. Um, let's tell us about the company. So Chesco Linguistic Services is a company based in Denver, Colorado, which is a huge hub for a lot of international events. Um, the owner and founder of the company, Giovanna Carriero Contreras, is Italian. Um, and she started the company because she started to see the need for people that speak different languages to be able to come together. She has a background in linguistics, as do most of us that work at the company. And we've been in business for 19 years now, helping a lot of different diverse communities come together and communicate, even though they don't share the same language. Mm, And that's where cycling really comes to play for me, because it brings so many different people Mm -hmm. together. And I'll give you an example, is when I went to Unbound uh, gravel, which is in Emporia, Kansas, there were like cyclists there from 40 different countries. Mm -hmm. So you can imagine like the pool of people in one area with a common love for riding bikes and ride and like doing gravel and gravel events are just exploding on like small levels to big levels where, you know, cause it's, it's just a different fun environment mm-hmm. over road. I hate to say it. I started as a roadie, still love my road <laughs> bike, but road events are sadly not as festive like as gravel that they aren't. I don't know what it is. We all just like go there. Very serious. Yes, <laughs> very serious. 
we look very serious and we just ride our bikes and we ride them hard and then we just leave. You know what I mean? There's like no hanging out and, you know, like there's a, there's a little bit of community and family. Like we, we tend to see like the same people, but mm-hmm. it's not the same vibe. So is that something that you put a lot of emphasis in is creating that vibe? Yes. Or... And, and that's exactly. Yeah. Yes. And that's exactly where language comes into play for these mm-hmm. types of large events, right? Because in order to create that vibe and have that that camaraderie and community to that larger scale that you're mentioning, you need to be able to communicate. You need to be able to reach diverse individuals and you need to be able to meet their multicultural needs. And that's that's where we come in and we help you organize, think about certain things um, and help you really just expand and reach out to communities that you might not otherwise be able to reach of enthusiasts and cyclists who are looking to be part of a larger community. Okay. So break that down for me. Like, (laughs) how does that work? Are you, your company? So if I, okay, so let's give, okay. How does that work? Cause then I have lots of, lots of other questions. Perfect. So, um, we've created a guide that kind of breaks down some of the steps, but I'll share a couple with you first of all. And Step number one is in the planning. And that's kind of going back to planning. And if you know that you're a part of a large city or maybe you're a part of a smaller community that has refugee or immigrant communities within it, step number one is planning ahead, planning to incorporate these communities into your event and thinking about how you're going to reach out to them. Any marketing materials, social media outreach, Um, even radio announcements that you're going to be publishing, making sure that they're available and accessible to these communities. And part of accessing is the language element. Make sure that your publications, marketing materials, announcements, even your registration page is accessible to those who don't necessarily speak English, which is usually the language that we're organizing in. So what happens when you do have these multilingual registration pages, but everything is provided in English. So you work with professionals. So we have a team of professionals that provide what is called this document translation. Basically, they're able to translate anything that's written into multiple languages. And one of the keys is to identify what languages might be spoken by the community that you're hoping to reach with the event. And that's something that we can also help you by looking at census data, demographic data, and just by being familiar with the general needs of the community in each of the cities or towns that you might be in so but the thing is that um documents are one thing Mm -hmm. but say like uh for say a festival Mm -hmm. and you have a number of different clinics and they and you have like say you you reached out to the spanish community the oriental community i'm just saying like i'm just thinking like you know in china you got chinatown you got little italy for instance and you got the french uh in my area so if you reach out to these three but you have clinics all in english how does that work so you wouldn't have them all in english right part of, <laughs> no, part of like, the we, services. Have, we have to have so we do have translators 
Yes, so you can have physical interpreters that help and support. You can also talk to volunteers and some of the organizations that choose to come and sponsor at your oh, locations. Okay. And you partner with them and you say, we're reaching out to the Vietnamese speaking, Chinese Mandarin speaking, and right. French speaking communities. You know, do you have bilingual staff that will staff your booths? Um, do you need support finding interpreting services to help do in your booths? And nine times out of 10, these organizations, they're community organizations that are coming to support your event. They have the staff that speak the languages. They just need to know that you're reaching out to these communities. Oh, I see. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. So if you're reaching out to these communities, you're ultimately going to reach out to some sort of organization within the communities that's going to help you. Correct. But also you ask them if they can have volunteers to either help or translate at the time of the event mm -hmm. for their communities. Everybody, do you hear that? <laughs> <laughs> we don't all do it ourselves. Right. Is what we're saying, what I'm hearing. Okay, so tell us a little bit more about some of the events that you've um, worked in. Like, if you can for sporting, mm -hmm. but I know that you, like, it's 19 years. I mean, I'm sure they've done a ton so of different. much. Yes. Yeah. So we've worked in a lot of different um, capacities. A mm -hmm. lot of the events that are related to sporting often have some kind, especially if it's a festival level event. It's not just a sporting event, but you also have a, a festival fair type of event that you coordinate as well where you have vendors, you have yeah. different people that are looking to promote their products, whether it's fitness products, um, maybe health facilities, but sometimes it's also events that are supporting other causes such as heart health. So you're partnering with local nonprofit organizations, you're partnering with local hospitals, clinics, um, maybe even other nonprofit organizations that look to go and promote health out in the community, raising awareness about health. Um, and all of these different partners, and we've partnered with all of them. We've partnered with those that are organizing the sports event, but we've also partnered with those that are partnering with them to have linguistic support there. You know, I can't give specific examples, but we can talk about, for example, if you've been to a sporting event where there is a nonprofit organization like the Red Cross or a similar heart awareness organization that has a booth is giving away information um maybe even taking people's blood pressure our interpreters might be there next to them and you don't realize it oh i see okay now gabriella do you guys work in in canada too yes we support ah! in canada and europe and the u.s oh my gosh okay mm -hmm. so if you're listening to this from anywhere Basically, you can reach out to Gabriella and mm -hmm. Chesco and talk to her about um, like uh, partnering or gaining, I'm taking notes, you know, I got my pencil, uh, ga gaining services from them. This is exciting. Okay, tell us more. Like, um, I'm just, just keep talking. I'm going to have questions. Perfect. Um, I think for these kinds of events, one mm -hmm. of the things that we often don't think about, we have a desire to reach out to a diverse community, right? We know, for example, that there's, you know, a huge Afghani population 
in many of our cities in the United States and even in Canada um, uh -huh. and throughout Europe. These are people that have been displaced. Um, many of them may want to be introduced to something like cycling. They maybe want to be introduced to a larger community of individuals that consider health and fitness um, a priority. Um, being in the US can be a little traumatizing for individuals, a completely new culture, a completely new way of life. And there are people that come here that cycle, that they like to ride bikes, mostly recreational, um, or maybe they did it as part of their business or way to get a around. Of, yes, a means to get to work, whatever. Um, being able to understand that there's people out there that could be interested in being a part of your events and your community is the first step, right? Understanding that there's others that you can reach out to. But how do you reach out to them? What do you say to them? Those are things that can be hard to decipher. And that's where people like us come in. Our company, Chesco Linguistic Services, aside from offering the actual language support, we offer consulting services and can help you think of some of those things that are hard to think about. Things like what kind of um, offerings do we want to have at the festival? There are people from diverse cultures that have diverse dietary needs and are you talking to the right food trucks and are you talking to the right potential sponsors to make sure that there's enough variety in the options so that everyone that comes can feel comfortable huh you know i didn't even think of that but i think you know i think more event organizers need to think outside the box mm -hmm. and actually because when they when i talk to them the most the the thing that they're looking for the most is to gain a larger female presence right. in an event i'm like okay females well females we're we're like everywhere you know <laughs> and what if an event organizer were to like you said target a certain population of individuals who would you know be have females for one you know mm -hmm. and be open to you know wanting to join that event just i mean as an information right over just trying to um you know just market it to everybody well i mean you need to market it mm -hmm. to everybody but if if locally you had a group that you could really partner with yeah and that is something I mean that we it's can, a lot of yeah. things people don't think about and that's something that we can support with and you know you talked about gender you know gender specific targeting mm -hmm. and things and i'm sure that there's people that you can consult for that or just kind of think out the box outside the box to find some of those communities but when it comes to diverse communities sometimes it can be challenging people don't think hey let me get in contact with the refugee clinic see if they're able to communicate to my event or share information about my event. Anything that's health related, any clinic's going to be happy to support and help you promote. And that would be the excellent partner for somebody that's looking to put together a cycling fair. Yeah. Hmm. That is kind of cool. Okay. Let me see. I wish I had some questions off top because I was taking notes. Um, Okay, so you talked about vendors, you talked about food, you mm -hmm. talked about 
partnering with local not-for-profits so that like you said that can be the church that can be um you know like a seniors community like not that they would but i know a lot i know um of one event organizer who partners with a lot of said um organizations locally to help gain all the volunteerism that he needs right Mm -hmm. and he um gives donations as a thank you. Um, I mean, that's an idea, but I mean, that doesn't, you know, that's just an idea. Um, Even local chambers as well. A lot of people don't think about the chambers, but local chambers are a great way of connecting with the different communities that they represent, right? And and there you can get all kinds of diversity, not just linguistic diversity, Mm -hmm. um, but gender diversity. You can go to the women's chamber of commerce and that's a great venue to get in touch with local leaders business owners that are women owned that will not only potentially participate or sponsor the event but also help you promote it in their circles yeah yeah because mine is a woman's only event that that i'm put together but share with us some some of the like how long have you been with the company I've been with the company in a full-time capacity for three years now, um, but I've been working with the company for a lot longer as a subcontractor. Oh, very nice. So can you share with us like maybe a big, an example of um, something that you've worked on, like just kind of like more the the components just to get a bigger, I guess, bigger grasp because we're talking about cycling, but there's also a lot of people who listen to the podcast who um, have companies and probably work in organizations that could potentially use Chesco's um, services. So let's talk outside the cycling box for a bit. Absolutely. Um, we can help with a lot of different types of events. So the consulting services and the helping you read the reach the right market and providing language support when needed for events like sporting events is just one small element. We support a lot of nonprofits, um, private companies as well that have diverse teams. For example, if it's an international company that has teams throughout the United States, throughout Latin America, maybe even Europe, we're able to provide language support for any kind of internal meeting, annual conference, um, strategy sessions. We even support, unfortunately, events such as layoffs, um, company closures, um, you know, supply chain information sessions, all of those different types of events where you need to communicate to a diverse workforce. That's something that we can support. If you have an international audience that you want to reach by marketing your business or trying to expand to a new market, we can support that as well. Oh, so that's super interesting. So you can go in and work with a company who has multilingual employees Mm -hmm. and help from an internal perspective. Mm -hmm. Oh, see, I thought you were more like... um, uh, like events um more on the um i'm saying like pre- not presentations but you said the corporate corporate um corporate events of? right like yeah like corporate yeah larger corporate events we have different teams and we have teams that focus on all of the different um 
aspects of language. So we support large corporate events. We help with internal events. Um, the larger the company is, they might even have event professionals that work within the company. So we'll help those kinds of companies as well. We even support individuals that are attempting to oh. either seek status in their country where they're living, seek asylum, or maybe even seek citizenship, naturalize in their country, and they need help, we help them too. So we have different teams that focus in different areas, but anything that has to do with language, with diversity, equity, and inclusion, we support with all of that. Wow, that's interesting too. So anybody as an individual could reach out to you if they needed help with a language. Correct. Oh my gosh. Wow. I'm glad we have you on here. I wish we like, I'm like, okay, trying to get some more information out of you. Um, cause I don't want to make, make this too, too short, but, um, so what else can you tell us for let's flipping back to the cycling events? Um, do you help with marketing as well? So we help with preparing marketing materials and we help with providing by providing consulting services to help you find partners and venues to market the event. Mm -hmm. um, and, and marketing sometimes, marketing and branding go hand in hand. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times when it comes to marketing and events, sometimes we forget, I know we've all seen those um, social media posts or even the things that make it to the news of funny translations where, <sighs> something is translated into another language and it doesn't quite work. We <laughs> help you to make sure that that doesn't happen. Right. So go oh ahead. Oh my God. That just, yeah. So I could just think I could just talk to that right now because like our cycling club, um, our, our, uh, website is English, mm -hmm. but the address is French in Quebec. Mm -hmm. So the French language police have come down on us about not having a bilingual website. So we were also in the process of redesigning our website. So our designers like, well, we could just implement an AI, mm -hmm. you know, an, an AI app that just right. automatically translates everything on a, like a, with a touch of a button. However, like you said, not everything translates well and translates mm -hmm making sense <laughs> so, <laughs> so we're we're like oh yeah this is awesome you know because we can just it, it took like two seconds right or like just to, it's just, it was an add-on and we had a french france website so anything we edited in english would automatically mm -hmm. go in french but going in and looking at the french translation you're just like, whoa, um, hmm. <laughs> like, are we just going to leave it like that? Or are we now going to have to go and translate all the pages ourselves? Because this translator, it might be worse than Google Translate, but, you know, there's just certain things that <laughs> you're just like, this uh, is really not, <laughs> not good <laughs> French. <laughs> So and, and I just that just made me think about that. <laughs> and, and that's exactly what happens. Um, mm -hmm. So relying on AI or machine translation mm -hmm. to take information, sometimes it works great. 
but but it's all formula based right it's a machine yeah. that has been trained to take certain information and convert it into this other information and there's it's very easy to tell when this has happened um and oh, you think yeah. of english <laughs> and french yeah languages that are very commonly translated between each other and your experience is the perfect example of how mm-hmm. even though technology has advanced so much especially when it comes to marketing um and and flavor really because that's what it is the more rich the content and the language is the harder it is for a machine to be able to translate it and yeah. that's where humans come into place and that's oh where thank we god are we still need humans right yes. like <laughs> Oh my gosh. As much as that was like, yay, the the answer, it was not the answer. We're just like, oh my God. We thought it was taken care of and we're like, oh, this is not acceptable, you know? <laughs> and maybe it's a partial answer. Maybe what you need is exactly what you suggested. You have the machine do an initial run and then you have native speakers who go through and fix the mistakes well yeah that's that's the thing so i think that will probably be the easiest it will just take the translation but edit it mm-hmm. and then then we have to make our own page so you know i mean it's like oh my god we have to make more page french english pages for like the english oh my okay let's just move provinces <laughs> <laughs> I think we're just at that point because we're just we're side by side with Ontario and Quebec mm-hmm. and because we have more like 90% are English speaking members and 10% are from Quebec you know it's it's always been that kind of struggle between Ottawa and Gatineau because we're just that close mm-hmm. you know and um yeah so it's it's a big decision we're just like oh good <laughs> so but uh yeah as you make the decision they'll also think about the potential once you have a french website that is fully localized and makes sense and it's not just the output of the ai tool you'll also be able to reach a wider audience so sometimes it's about you know, looking at one, how much time will it take you to do it? And how mm-hmm. much would it cost to have a professional go in and do it for you Two, once it is done, how much more reach are you going to have? And is it something that is realistic or is it something that's optimistic? And, and you can start looking at that and see, you know, if having my site in French is going to triple my viewers on my site, and mm-hmm. the amount of traffic that I'm getting and access to my content, it might be worth it in the long run. But it's some it's all of these things that you have to take into consideration. Well, yeah, because that that's that's the thing, right? Because we deal predominantly in English. We have English speaking mm-hmm. leaders, uh, clinics are all in English. So then it would get into like French English, having people do both and post you know just doubling up on what we're doing already and um and i'm not sure i don't think that's the avenue we want to go mm-hmm. you know and so it's a, it's a it's just what it just came to this time where it's, it's a decision to make as to you know um do we stay in quebec and see if they start picking away at social media which is 
what you know we think that they might go after mm-hmm. you know then that would have to be french english and we're just like i don't think we want that problem and that's just i think that's a unique situation just because of the nature of the relationship with these two provinces in canada mm-hmm. um it's always kind of been like that like you know if you move over here you have to be french you know even as a landed immigrant you're forced to go to french school like yeah you have to go like you can't decide to go to english school you have to go and learn french so (laughs) you know like you come in you don't even know english but now you're forced to learn french um so yeah it's a bit of a it's just Quebec. <laughs> to say. I have to say, as a language professional, I appreciate that. I wish there was more of that in the U.S. as well, more of a drive or push, not just to mm. learn two languages. There are some um I think it's areas, here. right? Mm-hmm. Like if you look at New Mexico, Texas, like Spanish is probably predominant along those states. Mm-hmm. It's just that Quebec has always been a French speaking province. Right. You know, and it's and they're just so staunch on the French speaking that like even now when you if as an anglophone who is a Quebecer who grew up in Quebec, you know, was born here, um and my first language is English, not French, if I want to call in, now they won't even answer in English. Oh. That's what I mean. Like it's getting to this point where it's kind of discriminating. And um, yeah. So Anglophones, Anglo, Anglo companies, even universities, colleges, um, are coming up against this and it's all very new too you know i that's surprising to me because you know for me a big promoter of diversity you'd think that you'd it think. would be a great um solution to continue to have both languages available mm. for individuals and give everybody an opportunity to be able to communicate and mm-hmm. truly mm. engage in that human to human connection i don't think you're thinking like that <laughs> We need more of you in that government. (laughs) But unfortunately, Quebec doesn't think they're just thinking about their culture and their their language. And, you know, I think embracing both, like Mm -hmm. even, you know, you have so many different um, uh, immigrants coming in here right from all different countries that they're just accepting in but you know you're still making them learn french but they're still gonna create their own communities Mm -hmm. within the province and they're going to continue with their culture not the french culture you know i mean they'll learn french because they have to learn french to stay here but yeah and that's that's really what you find and kind of coming back to organizing Mm -hmm. events and really appealing to the diverse communities that we're in and that we're really Mm -hmm. trying to reach that's what you what you find maybe they do speak the languages maybe language is not the only barrier um but in order to fully 
include them in in your cycling community in your jogging community what whatever the event may be in order to really include them and make them feel welcome you have to take into account the fact that they come from diverse cultural mm -hmm. backgrounds that linguistically they may have preferences um they may have culinary preferences dietary preferences and everything in between yeah yes well I think as individuals who are organizing events, this is what we need to think about. Mm -hmm. Quebec, totally by himself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll just like forget about them. But um, I think that's awesome. And I'm super glad, Gabriella, that um, your organization reached out to me to have you on the podcast. I think this is great. I think it's given us a lot of things to think about um, as event organizers, um, small and big, um, not it just in the cycling world, but um, of any kind that you've given us a lot of, uh, given me a lot of things. I wrote down quite a few notes, a lot of things to think about um, next time we put on an event. So I want to thank you so much um, for coming on and sharing everything. Is there any last little bits of information you want to share before? Well, first of all, I want to say thank you, Sylvie. I really appreciated <laughs> being part of Secrets from the Saddle. Um, I have to say, I feel like I need to get into more cycling now, um, but but just thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to share a little bit about how we can be more inclusive and appeal to a more diverse audience when we're putting together events, whether it is sporting events or any other kind of event that we may be a part of. And just thank you so much for your time. You're welcome. So where can everybody find uh, Chesco? So you can visit us on our website at www dot c-e-s-c-o-l-s dot com you can find all of our information there we have a blog that talks about multilingual oh. events um, and things like thinking about culinary preferences is actually one of the blogs that was most recently released which is why i had it at the top of ah. my mind so yeah because like never think about that Yes. <laughs> so we do. We think about all of those things. We publish regular blogs um, on that website. So you'll be able to get some tips and tricks there. Even if you don't have a full budget to hire a consultant or get language access, you have a place to go to seek resources. Okay. Before we leave, maybe you should mention budget. I imagine so, there's different budget levels for different yes. people. So there's, there's different um, budget levels depending on what you want to do. Um, consulting is a service that's usually paid for by the hour. So it depends on the level of consulting right. that you need and how much involvement you're going to need from a consultant. When it comes to interpreting services, you're usually paying for interpreting services either by the hour by the or by the day. So depending on how long oh. you need interpreters for, the skill level of the interpreters, that's something that you'll pay and and just so we're talking about the same thing the interpreter is the one that does the spoken so it's listening to something and speaking about right. it we also have document translators so these are the ones that take written information and transfer it to written information okay. you're usually paying by the word um, but then there's additional fees so if you need formatting or if you need um cultural by consulting the word? by the word so based on the number of words there's minimums that apply um, but that's for your standard, like your website translation, you'll right. have by the word plus formatting fees that are paid by the hour based on how, you know, formatting heavy your content may be.
Thank okay. you so um, much for spending this time with me on so the Secrets from the Saddle podcast. Learning more about sighting people, places, and things that, that make cycling such an exciting sport. And that would I am so glad you stopped by today. Okay. Please leave me a review if you feel right. so moved well, to do so. so. I would love again, to hear Gabriella, your feedback. And if you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would enjoy it, I would be forever grateful. Also, if you could please leave me a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving me an honest thought and an honest comment telling me what you think and most importantly tell me what you'd like to hear more of it would really help me to bring more great inspiring cycling stories to you until then have an amazing day make sure you ride your bike and don't forget to visit my youtube channel if you'd like to see the full version of this podcast live Maybe it was an eye opener for you. Um, just thinking about how uh, event organizers can make their events more uh, multilingual, bringing in diverse communities together over just looking at one community, which is like cycling in a in, in a nutshell. Um, thinking about how we can uh, get more people involved in cycling, which I think is such a powerful. Uh, thing to do um, I don't know I'm do you agree uh, love to hear from you in the comments on YouTube so with that I hope you enjoyed that episode and as mentioned please share this with um, your favorite organizer and you know this might be something that might trigger some interest on how to make things grow for them. So have yourself an amazing day. Don't forget to follow us on socials and leave me a comment on YouTube. Take care. Have an amazing one. Bye.